Hello and welcome to Bear Academy podcast. Here we talk things about design, productivity, and technology. I'm your host, Bear, a UX designer who lives in Auckland, New Zealand. I'm going to get a cup of coffee, and very likely, the coffee shop I'm going is using Zero for accounting. Zero is a company with more than three thousand employees, two million users, all over the world. In 2014 and 2015, Zero was identified by Forbes as world's most innovative growth company. Their design team is an army of 57 product designers, 13 researchers, two content strategists work from Australia, New Zealand, and other part of the world. Today, I'm going to talk to Zach Sanderson Harris, product design manager, design manager in systems at Zero. The topic of the chat with Zach will be design system. A design system is the single source of truth, which groups all the elements that will allow the teams to design, realize, and develop a product. So, a design system is not a deliverable, but a set of deliverables. It will involve constantly with the product, the tools, and the new technologies. You also、uh, a little bit introduction, a little bit about yourself and what you are、yeah. doing for Vazero, yeah, for the context. Yeah, sure. Yeah, cool.、Um, I'm Zach Sanderson Harris. I'm design manager for the systems team here at Zero, based over in Melbourne.、Um, I've been working in design systems for about six years now. Originally in Wellington, New Zealand, before moving here last year. Wow. Yeah. Um, and also about the design system, about the design team. I'm also quite curious about for zero. It's、uh, is a is a large company, so I presume there are a lot of designers. And you mentioned you work for design system team.、Uh, is that、uh, a lot of other designers from different teams? Could you briefly introduce introduce about、uh, yeah the, the structure of the design team? Yeah, absolutely. So at the moment, there's around eighty or so designers at zero,、uh, and they're split、mm. into different portfolios. And each portfolio、right. looks after a bunch of different products. And so the designers within their portfolio will work with one or more product teams, and、mm-hmm. so they work closely with engineering and product owners and product managers. Yeah. And then the Zoe team is separate from that. So. You can think of Zoe as, or we think of Zoe as its own product, sort of an internal serving product. And we、yeah. have、uh, six designers in our team,、uh, eight engineers, a product owner, and a product manager. And so we、oh. support teams. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's a big team. It's, it's close to doubled in the last year, so we're really lucky. Um, wow. Lucky to yeah. see it grow and have, have more choice people to work with. Well, that's really interesting to, to know that because um, according to my previous experience all about all, 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 uh, all of my understanding about design system is a uh, product for designers and developers and may majorly um, maintain maintained by designers but you introduced uh, you, you let me know that it's not only designers for for your team there are also developers and product owners so yeah that's quite interesting and uh, so it sounds like a uh, just a complete product. It's not just a, in the middle way, but it's like a, a product with with a proper team and um, and yeah, it's not only the the concepts or the design, but it's also involving some implementation. Is that um, is that does that make sense, or is this something? Yeah, yeah that, that makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's important for us to have a cross-discipline team like that because, you know, we're serving product teams and they've got engineers and, and designers and, and product folks. And so we want to be able to collaborate closely with them um, as much as we can. And I think if, if a system is sort of owned just by engineering or, or just design, then it's naturally going to lean into one of those disciplines. Um, and I don't think that's... Well, that's certainly not how we see the role of Zoe. It's, it's really to create the coded components, of course, that have thoughtful design thinking behind them and then design tooling. So to do that well, we really need a cross-discipline team. Mm. Um, and it means that, you know, the, the design decisions we make for the system have the technology and engineering considerations mm. taken into account. Um, yeah, yeah, we're really lucky to have a cross-discipline team like that. Um, and we work really, really closely together. Yeah, well, that's impressive. Uh, and also, uh, I think that will be better for, for you to um, to get a buy-in from developers in other things. Like, uh, mm. they can they can know um, what's the value of, of design system you can deliver. Yeah, that sounds, sounds really impressive. And... Um, could you, because you mentioned Zoe, and for the context, could you, could you uh, introduce a little bit about the design system at zero? So uh, I already know that it's the design system we call in in zero Zoe. So what? Mm -hmm. So what it is, and what what's the yeah, function? Yeah, yeah. How it works? Yeah. All right. Yeah, great place to start. Um, so Zoe is Zero's design system. Zoe stands for Zero User Interface. Uh, and it's what zero product teams use to collaborate to collaborate across disciplines and teams to build zero products. So it's made up of coded components and systems, documentation, usage guidelines for the system, um, and tooling and support. So within those systems, um, we provide fundamentals like color, typography, spacing, layout. We provide components, so buttons, data tables, page headers, for example, and page compositions. So those would be typical page layouts uh, that in our circumstance come with a little bit of baked in responsive behavior. Then along with this stuff, we provide um, guidance. So like, hey, here's a page header. Here's, here's how you might use it. Here's maybe a place or a, 
way that you know you might not use it and here's an alternative uh, so a bit of best practice guidelines um, code code snippets so that teams can use these um, components for example in their product and then the tooling so a figma library will have a page header in it that designers can use for their mocks and, and prototypes so we focus on the on the accessibility and performance and interaction design of all of these things so that when teams use them a lot of that thinking's already been done and they don't have to keep making those decisions over and over and over again and, and i guess like reinventing the wheel so it means that teams can pick up this think of it like a foundation i suppose and quickly get a product spun up that uses the way that then gives them way more time to I suppose like innovate and experiment on things that are specific to their customer problem and then the last part of do I suppose is like our support and contribution models so how do we help these teams use do and how do we help them feed back into the system yep yeah does it yep. make sense yeah yeah that totally makes sense and it's really uh, great to know that uh, it's uh, provide not only the uh, um, the design uh, library that, uh, like the pattern library and also like code and how you can and also some support uh, support system that can let other teams understand and uh, to use the, uh, the the design system to to help their work. Yeah, it's really great to know. Uh, uh, two things, two two questions came to my mind while you introduced uh, Zoe. One thing is that um, I know uh, Zero as a large company um, mm -hmm. with different teams and products and some online products, and probably there are some uh, some platforms um, uh, with with history. Um, I know, uh, do you know what I mean? It feels like uh, it's, it's some legacy format or, uh, or yeah. um, the for example like uh, for for website we have w uh, wc2 and what what what's the name of the uh, yeah um, it's kind of like a different a different format and different uh, structure and yeah uh, how it it sounds to me that uh, to maintain a design system to to provide all the latest um, latest updates of those formats for the different platforms sounds like a really a large amount of work so is is this something um quite similar as what i assumed is it some kind of yeah uh, hmm. yeah yeah it's a really good question so in our system we use react so there's definitely going to be technical considerations for the products that can consume the system, right? Like they need to be built on similar tech stacks. And yes, there's definitely products that are, how did you put it? Have a bit of history at Zero, And that's for reasons like, I mean, zero has been around for a minute or two and has got to market really, really quickly. So, mm. you know, there's stuff that was built a long time ago that probably isn't ready to consume React. Um, and so some of the things we'll do to get around that is provide the, the HTML and CSS parts of the system, which are far more um, tech stack agnostic, I suppose. So teams can consume the styles on more of a view layer without so much of the functionality. Um, but we also have 
teams at zero whose job it is to support teams modernizing their tech stack to get them to a position where they can consume the system. Mm. Yeah, that sounds great. And <laughs> it's also, um, yeah, great to know that you uh, also have a CSS um, including in the design system. So, yeah, uh, great to know. And the other question uh, uh, during your introduction is that um, uh, you mentioned you use Figma as the design system, yeah. um, uh, like maintaining tool. Is that uh, yeah. like cross cross all the teams, like everyone, every designers yeah. and uh, developers? How how it works, like in general way? Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so all the all the designers use Figma, and we use that for um, creating our high fidelity mocks and some of our um, sort of simple click through prototypes. We use it for design reviews and for working with development. We we find it really helpful because we're split across so many offices, and in fact, especially now during lockdown, any sort yeah. of tool that can help us collaborate better or work more asynchronously, but in the same kind of environment is really impactful for us. Um, mm -hmm. And so Zoe provides a library that every designer will pull into their design files. And then within, <clears throat> once they're consuming the library, they have a list of all of the assets um, that are available from that library. And the library we put together as the Zoe team matches what is built in, in React and code. So that's those fundamental styles, the components and page layouts. And so we we try and keep the, we do keep the code and the Figma library in sync with each other. And what that means is designers can bring in components from the Figma library, put it into their mocks and their screens and prototypes. And then when it's time for them to work with development, it's really easy to see how this design might translate into um, product, I suppose, into a working product. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's um, Chris. For my understanding, like Figma is um, a designer's tool, but how it yeah. works with the developers. Like, um, first, I used to work for something like uh, where you can um, update this, uh, the design system file as a master file. So when it yeah. updates, everyone gets uh, the latest version and yeah. get the notification. Yeah, same here. Yeah, but uh, that's for uh, for the components. It's really easy to yeah. understand. Because, but how it works for for the coding uh, for the codes and uh, like for developers, how how is it the same way that works? Yeah, essentially. So, I mean, when we build the library, we have to do that uh, manually as designers. So we look at what's in code and we essentially copy that. So everything in Figma is just a visual representation of the real mm -hmm. component that's in, that's in code. Oh, yeah. And so as we, as we release updates to Zoe, the code repository, we um, visualize those same updates in Figma. Mm. Um, yep. And so in terms of how do developers consume those changes, uh, they basically need to update to the version of Zoe that they want to use. So if they're on 16, which is a major release um, that a lot of teams are on at the moment, when we release 17 next week, that'll introduce uh, some breaking changes and some really impactful benefits and heaps of Figma updates actually. But um, mm. 
teams will have to decide to update to that version and then amend any of the changes that that release has caused them to need to do in their code mm. base, which used to be a big deal for us because we would really theme those releases and make huge changes each major release. So for example, Zoe 15 focused a lot on responsive um, behavior and that's when we introduced um, page compositions and simple things. Buttons would stack and sheets yeah. would appear at mobile instead of drop downs and that sort of stuff. And what that meant was that teams upgrading to 16, uh, sorry, 15 had a lot of work to do because it was a drastic change. Mm. Um, and we had a lot of work to do in Figma. But now our releases are more frequent and less drastic. So it makes it sort of easier for everyone to update both mm. in development and in Figma. Yeah. Does that make sense? Awesome. Yeah, yeah, that totally makes sense. It sounds like a, a SaaS product, like SAAS product. Yeah, it just keep yeah, keep it yeah. updating every yeah like a small step but more frequent more frequently yeah, yeah. that sounds great yeah um, exactly is is figma the first choice or is it like you uh, you use some other uh, platforms or other tools and then replatform mm. to figma because a lot mm. of companies use like sketch and zeppelin mm -hmm and more, uh, maybe envision uh, design system mm -hmm. manager <clears throat> to manage all the all the components so how how it works like do you use those tools before and why do you yeah. choose Figma as the new tool mm. yeah yeah good question um we've used a bunch of those tools in the past and i think they all have their place uh it just really comes down to how your organization works i suppose and what the designers feel most comfortable with and where you see your design operations going. So I think they're all, they're all awesome tools and they all have their place. We used Sketch and Envision. Some people were using Zeppelin in the past, a couple of years ago. Uh, mm -hmm. And if, just as I was starting, actually, a few of the team were experimenting with Figma um, and decided to make the move across. Um, and for a little while there, we were using a few different tools. And as the team grew, it sort of just became impractical, you know. Um, so as we moved to Figma, we found that we could use that in place of sort of a handful of tools. Um, yeah. You know, Envision's great for sharing mocks and getting feedback and stuff like this. And that's, you know, baked into Figma. So we use Figma for that. Um, and, you know, the developer collaboration side, Figma handles pretty well as well. So, you know, not a huge need for Zeppelin for us anymore. Um, and we found it to work pretty well so far. In fact, you know, there's been a few really cool moments with the multiplayer feature where, you know, I've popped into a file to, I don't know, maybe give a couple of tips or, you know, see something interesting that a designer was showing me. And there were 26 people in there Wow. 26 people in one file and you know there was, a, there was a couple of product managers a product owner a few product designers obviously someone from systems and a couple of engineers and yeah they just felt quite quite special to hmm. just see firsthand that many people collaborating in the same tool because like we all work in such different disciplines right it's, it sometimes can yeah. be really hard for these different disciplines to be in the same medium mm -hmm. and so it's, yeah 
I don't think the tools are quite there because we still have these stark contrasts. We're like designers are building static mocks and developers are building the real product, I suppose. And there's this like big discrepancy yeah. between what's actually built, you know what I mean? And, and what's designed, like one shows intent and the other one is the real deal. So yeah. I think it will be interesting to see where tools go to cross that bridge or, I don't know, merge those two processes. But at the moment, um, yeah, we, we find Figma works pretty well for us. Yeah, actually that started a very um, great topic, like uh, what the tools will go in the future. Because, um, yeah, as uh, I use I use Sketch and Figma and mm -hmm. Figma for personal project and Sketch yep. while work and yeah, Zeppelin in, in Vision, those type of the um, tools and also for the collaboration like Miro or um, yeah, yeah, and, and uh, Slack. So all these tools and my um, my ideal or the perfect tool for designers to collaborate is like Figma with Miro with Zoom together. So uh, mm. basically, it's like uh, everyone can comment and write note and uh, and and we can see each other's mouths where where they're pointing at and like and we can share here's a point here's a, something we can improve here's something is great and then um, mm. take some notes and also record uh, like we can do it with uh, um, simultaneously uh, remotely like as a zoom meeting so now it's like all separated so you need yeah. to yeah you gotta jump on that screen yeah so and sometimes it's, it's really not a good experience when you share the screen on zoom and uh and then zoom in zoom out so uh different resolution of the screens so yeah. that so yeah. that could be but i think something i've learned about the lockdown or about the pandemic situation is that it's really accelerate accelerate the the how we work remotely mm -hmm. like um mm -hmm. uh like uh, at least five years ahead of what we used to be so i think that yeah, could be something really really good to know and uh looking forward to see some some new uh yeah some new newcomers of uh of yeah. to this market so it could be quite interesting to know and yeah, so that's uh, yeah, that's that's really interesting, and yeah, and um, another thing that I want to uh, talk because we we'll talk a lot specific as uh, questions about Zoe and about design systems. So I want to take it back to a personal level because mm. uh, some of the designers and may not. Uh, get used to design system because it's normally yeah. work for large companies or for um, a big group, a large group and how it could be helpful for, for small teams or small mm. companies. And sometimes, uh, or let me, uh, be clear. Uh, let me uh, just, uh, for example, let me, uh, ask a clear question. Um, mm -hmm. for, for example, if I'm a designer working a team, and we don't have a full-time design system builder or a system designer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how can I build a design system and uh, why should I build a design system? If I also got a lot of things I need to do as a designer and yeah. uh, what's the value it can bring to me as a, uh, as a designer in the team. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a really, really great question. I think, hmm. Firstly, I don't think there's a sort of one size fits all solution with design systems, right? Like, it really comes down to what products you're trying to make, how your team works, and and the sort of challenges you're, you're facing at the moment, right? Like, I think yeah. there's really inspirational existing systems out there, like, you know, obviously Salesforce, Material, Atlassian, and stuff. And these are really aspirational, but they that that level just isn't necessary for everyone, I don't think. You know, I think for for a small team they're probably already doing a lot of things that might be considered parts of design systems, you know, pattern libraries and style guides. There's there's yeah. nothing new for designers or engineers. Um, I think where some other aspects of design systems might be helpful is just recognizing where laborious tasks are being done over and over again mm. and making yeah. those simpler and more systemized. And from a design perspective, that's becoming more and more simple. And it's sort of like, that's how a lot of these tools are, um, enabling us to, to, to work anyway, right? Like sketch symbols, Figma components, like it just kind of makes sense to make use of these things. Um, yeah. But, but where there's, where there's, yeah. So laborious, repeatable tasks can be systemized. I think that's a great way to do it. And that can just be done as you go. I think you don't need a design systems team to create a component. You know what I mean? The third time you've created the button the same way and had to make a lot of subjective decisions to end up in the same place or somewhere different, not on purpose, you can just quickly create that component. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And, and, and chat, chat with the engineering about keeping those things synced up because chances are an engineer's built a button once that they're going to be using instances of too, right? Yeah. Um, so the other thing I'd say is only go to the fidelity that you need to. If you're seeing gaps in communication or common challenges appear over and over, there might be a place where you introduce, I don't know, a little bit of documentation. And that might be in a Google Docs. You know what I mean? It doesn't need to be your company slash systems.com. Yeah. Um, mm. You know, and if you're small enough, it might be about putting a post-it up mm. in between a couple of computers and just, just trying to fill those gaps and, 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 close those open loops of common questions and common problems. And I think you can just sort of do it, do it as you go along, I, I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah that's and then good, there's, yeah, there's a difference point. between, oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, so, no, you, you continue. Yeah, you go. Ah, um, there's a difference between like working in a, small product team and say working on a short-term product as well right like mm. if, if you've got something you're working on that needs to go out the door in two weeks then the sort of things you'd think about systemizing or, or making common solutions for would be far different than something that is going to have a few people working on it for the next foreseeable future right yeah 
Yeah, that totally makes sense. Because、uh, if we think as a design problem,、uh, if we think design system is something、uh, we we will be useful for a project,、um, yeah, I think、uh, as a designer we need to make the decision like, is it worth to build a design system at this stage for my project?、Mm-hmm. For example, like、uh, an extreme example is、uh, if I'm taking part of a hackathon. For a weekend、mm, yeah. as a designer, and you're going to build a design system for that project. That's crazy. That's totally not、yeah. worth to do that. Just mock up with something you you can find or some previous example. But if it's a、mm. long long term project, and also like if if it involves a lot of different people,、uh, especially that's right,、uh, some collaboration. Like、uh, if it's just one. One team with five designers all sitting in an office, probably just as you mentioned, yeah, like post-it notes could be could be yeah, yeah could be enough to share like the specs, the the patterns, or all the things we need to take care of the design. But if it's like collaborate, uh, like uh, that, like the communication level is much higher, like different offices, different、yeah. teams. And it could be used this one,、uh, the design system as a universal language, so everyone can yeah can、uh, can communicate with the proper.、Uh, we we can all talking about the same thing, so not、mm. uh, not different understanding. So that yeah, that should be the value of of. One hundred percent. Yeah, I think so, and the and the same is true、uh, between disciplines. You know, if you can if you can create a language that. Anyone in a team or organization can use. Then you just get rid of a lot of those grey areas and a lot of those,、um, you know, the time spent in conversation just to all get onto the same page. You know,、yeah. you don't have to do that so often.、Um, and then there's also the the like how that confusion might manifest. Do you know what I mean? For designers, created some mocks,、mm-hmm. and they hand that over to development and and, and walk away. Yeah. Chances are those things aren't going to look too similar, and something like a design system can help facilitate those conversations. But also, I mean, you know, the common UI elements that the designers use exist in code,、mm-hmm. so they don't have to keep asking those questions and checking hex values and maybe getting them slightly wrong or eye dropping that grey and adding to the ninety fourth grey on the homepage. And、yeah. just keep eye dropping the latest grey, for example, which is something I've seen a handful of times. Yeah, 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 totally. That's that's the pain, and it's I've, yeah. I've I've been there. Yeah, the same. <laughs> and yeah, that's great too. Yeah, I think that's、uh, really makes sense. And also, you mentioned that for、uh, the small teams,、um, it could be good to to observe what is the、uh, the work、uh, was. Uh, was doing like again and again, like、uh, if、mm. it's like repeated or、uh, duplicated work, and that definitely could think about how it how we can create a pattern for for that、yeah. for that work to make it simpler next time. And、uh, yeah. in that kind in the, that that situation, probably not worth to design a design system just for the design system. So、um, yeah, it's not. <laughs> Yeah, from the top to down, probably from down to the earth level. And if it's uh, com- uh, 
yeah, repeat again and again, and yeah, we can create something and can use it、uh, next time. Yeah,、mm. yeah, yeah. I agree because you know, there should always be living things and evolving, and so just start with the most impactful changes. I, I think, and, and yeah, repeatable task、mm. probably a good good one.、Mm. Yeah, and speaking of the yeah designers, and you you mentioned that in, in zero, uh, you uh, like the design system team, the designers who work in design system team is called system designer or、uh, design system designer. How how you call that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the jury's out to be honest, but、um, we're all considered product designers、uh-huh. at、oh, yeah. zero.、Um, mm-hmm. But then for、um, recruitment, we are、mm. at the moment we're using design systems designer. Oh yeah.、Um, there's plenty of other names out there. I've seen、um, systems advocate is another one,、mm. or yeah, just systems designer. Yeah, because yeah,、uh, the reason I'm asking this question is、um, is <laughs> that、uh, there are two follow up questions. <laughs> the first one is、yeah. that. Because、uh, when we see system designer, it's kind of like similar as、uh, as architect or IA. Yeah. So yeah. yeah.、Uh, could you like if I'm a, a not work in a tech company, like just a,、mm. uh, a random guy and don't know any context about what、yeah. what what is a system designer, and first time I hear this this、uh, this title. Uh, could you explain it to me? What's the difference? Like,、uh, if it's an architect, or、uh, is it an architect, or is it like a designer for the system? So, what、uh, could you? Yeah, yeah, is yeah, just think,、uh, make an example or ex- explain it to、yeah. to someone.、Mm. Yeah, sure. You made a really good point there.、Um, for a little while, when we were looking for designers to work on our design system. We had a job title out in market called systems designer, and we were getting applicants for architect, you know,、um, and, and engineering focused architecture. I mean,、um, yep. or、um, corporate internal management systems, like all, all sorts of random stuff, which wasn't what we were looking for. Um, and so that's why we change it to design systems designer. It's repetitive and doesn't have a great ring to it necessarily, but it gets the point across. The, and the candidates we've had that have been applying、yeah. um, are looking to be designers that work on design systems. <laughs> so it's working for us for the minute.、Mm. Um, but was your question more around what does a designer do who works on a design system? Yeah, yeah. That's actually yeah. what I really want to ask: is how、yeah. could a junior designer or some someone just graduate from design school、um, uh, could be a system, a design system designer, and actually、mm-hmm. what a design system designer do every day? What,、uh, yeah, what what he or she usually do day to day, daily? Yeah. 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 Cool. Um, there's there's obviously a lot of crossover between a, a product designer, UX designer, UI designer, design system. There's the core 
the core stuff that everyone needs to have, which is like, you know, user empathy, um, research skills, uh, a keen, um, a keen eagerness for collaboration and that sort of stuff. I think with design systems designer, some of the really crucial elements are accessibility. Um, so like web content, accessibility guidelines, um, you know, all designers ideally would need that, but they're certainly crucial for someone working in design system. Uh, interaction and UI design, really good skills in here. So um, a sound understanding of the principles of design and, and like usability heuristics, micro interaction, that sort of stuff. Yep. Um, responsive design, inclusive design, systems thinking. This is a, this is a sort of crucial one and it's something that you know, some people just have out the gates, but others might learn over time. And that's just, I don't know, what's an example. If the hover state of a button changes by this value, yeah. what is the relationship between that value and other components on hover, for example? Or, mm -hmm. you know, for example, if it's like a, um, if you're just using lighten, on a particular color, can you then apply that same lighten value in other places and mm -hmm. other components on hover stack? Or if the color for a button on hover changes to another tint in the palette, what is the relationship between all color palettes so that if buttons made in this color, we can use a tint from the same level for that button on hover, for, 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 for example. Yeah. Um, so that's like the kind of micro level of system thinking. And then there's the, the macro level. If we make changes to this flow, how does that impact the entire product given that it also might be used in these sorts of user experiences? And also where do we want the system to go in the future? So that's a really good skill to have and something that just comes over, over time, I think. Um, mm. And then I guess, this is going to sound really cheesy, but um, like a growth mindset, I suppose, because design systems are kind of like they're in between that real design world and engineering world, right? And, and both of those disciplines or whatever you want to call them move so quickly that it's yeah. important for us to kind of be out in front a little bit. Um, mm. Yeah. And so... You know, a real, you'd really want to enjoy technology and, and design, I think, um, and enjoy where the tools are going and enjoy how we might solve, um, for some of these gnarly problems in, in different ways and just sort of keeping up with where yeah, the design hmm. Yeah, that's a great point because it's not only just, uh, the macro and, uh, micro, uh, point of view but also like need to ahead of the product um strategy uh in, in a few steps mm -hmm. ahead so yeah that's quite uh, sounds quite a challenging but exciting exciting role for for designers and yeah yeah, yeah. and if you are like this question could be tricky but uh if you are uh, <laughs> you are already are a, a hiring manager uh if you're going to mm -hmm. Uh, recruit a system, a design system designer. 
So what kind of the competencies you are looking for? You, you also mentioned this, uh, this part, uh, which is great, like empathy, uh, detail oriented yeah. and uh, accessibility, uh, interaction design, things like that. Uh, what would you, how, how would, how would you measure this, uh, this, uh, these competencies, uh, like mm. will make you make the decision to hire a designer to, to recruit a designer to your team, like, um, what yeah. other things they are looking for during the like the yeah. portfolio or job interview? What will you ask or looking for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a really good question. Um, you know, a portfolio and a job application is essentially a design task in itself, right? And so, yeah. if a designer understands the competencies that are expected, which any good sort of job ad should explain then their portfolio and um, application should should show that they've got those competencies right and so that mm -hmm. would be through giving firm examples that would be you know that could be a, a png it could be a video but it most certainly should include a story you know why yeah. does this look this way what were the challenges you were trying to solve who are the users did you speak to them what did you learn what was really challenging what would you do differently that you know that sort of stuff so there's the hard skills which you can never really tell just from a static image and so here's a black and white tip if i get portfolios that are just really nice looking uis on behance they're not very likely to make it into an interview because yeah. we've got a lot of applicants and there's just too many questions at that stage you know what i mean very easy to put together a, a pretty looking interface but without any context it's 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 great it's, it's almost like graphic design though you know what i mean which is awesome too but that's not what we're looking for so i guess it's like telling those telling those stories would be crucial yeah, that's, I, hope that that's, I hope that answers the question. I feel like I might have gone for a bit of a rant there. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's great. That's a great answer because um, it feels like um, not only for the design system designer, but also for a general product designer, that could yeah. be a great great tip. And I know for some, like for the UX designer, which uh, like uh, myself is a UX designer, and normally when we um, prepare the portfolio for for the job interview or uh, get uh, uh, like update the portfolio it's always the the most important part is uh, to prepare this the story like uh, the context yeah. of of yeah. all the decisions you made you made during the 100%. process yeah so that's of uh, course uh, it's so uh, totally agreeing that it's so easy to quickly mark up some uh, good looking interface because um, there are a lot of great examples, and um, and mm. if you have zero constraints, uh, which means that right. uh, you, you can make the one hundred percent perfect uh, perfect image, and uh, like the interaction or everything, it just depends on your personal skill. But yeah. if you work with a team, they are totally it's it's a different story. Like the constraints of the platform of the of the feasibility of the accessibility mm. yeah, and all the things so you need to consider all the 
all the um, uh, you need to balance all the things. So that shows how a product designer uh, his think uh, his process of uh, his design process, and that's more important than just show uh, a graphic like a like an image. So I think yeah. that could be yeah that could be quite a uh, useful tip for like for some for the graphic designer or the UI designer who's who want mm -hmm. to work as a product designer so um yeah be uh, be prepared for the for the context and story behind the mm. design should be uh, critical for for the performance yeah 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 100% and and like you know you want to hire a person who is going to really love their job and so to use systems as an example so much of that is collaboration and community and talking to people and and you know speaking to this person saying oh hey have you spoken to them you're working on something similar and if all that is shown in a portfolio is a really beautiful ui without any other story then that person might not really enjoy the systems job it's something that i might think because that's not what it is it's not just creating you know really beautiful ui mm. Yeah, that's totally me. Yeah, I think that's that's a great uh, tip for from from this uh, conversation, and I, th I think everyone who's, uh, who's listening to this podcast will um, will be yeah, validate this this um, this um, assumption. Like we need to prepare, mm -hmm. prepare for the story behind the design mm -hmm. and get it ready. Yeah, and because um, yeah, this so. this. Uh, this discussion, this uh, conversation is more around design systems. I just had one mm -hmm. last uh, question about design system. Is uh, before that we talk a lot of pros, uh, a lot of advantage and uh, and how it works, design system, how it works, and also about Zoe and about who want to work as a design system designer, how it could be. Mm -hmm. uh, so if we take a step back. Um, in a larger picture um mm. so how uh, could you give me like a like an example of how a design system really help uh, help the team in a general way that can improve the the performance no matter uh, to fill the gap between uh between design designers and developers or between teams is there like mm. a, a really simple or easy understandable understandable example for uh, someone who doesn't familiar with design system like mm. before before design system and after so what's the mm -hmm. difference is, th is there a kind of story that you can share a kind of example you can share yeah yeah so this is going to be a kind of extreme way of putting it so Teams without design systems don't all work this way, but <laughs> to sort of paint, paint the picture, um, I've worked places where there would be 20 designers working on different parts of the product, right? Mm. And a user would use all of these different parts of the product. Um, yeah. But each one of these designers had to find out uh, what's the gray background we use on our page. Oh, that one. Let me eye drop it. Mm. Uh, what, yeah. what size are the buttons? 
Oh, I saw one that's about that size. I'll, I'll create it. I'll, I'll pop it here mm. on the screen. Um, I need an icon. I quite like this one. Let, let me grab that and pop that into my UI screen. Meanwhile, the other four designers are doing the same thing. And they're not all going to choose the same gray because it depends what they've eye dropped. They're not all going to choose icons from the same icon set necessarily. Mm. Furthermore, when these designs are handed over to developers, the developers might then go and build a button again, put an icon in again, define this gray by whatever hex value the designer's given them again, and then repeat that process for the next page they're designing. Where a design system can really help, you know, with pattern libraries and style guides, is that there's a library of buttons. There's an existing library of icons. There's an existing library of the grays and which one we use for the background color of our page, for example. And so when a designer is going to put together their, um, their interfaces and their experiences, they know, okay, I need a button here. Click and drag, there it is. And all those designers now are using the same button. Same with the icons and same with the colors. Now that they're using those same elements from a single library, when they go and work with development to build it, there's also a library of grays, you know, any sort of color palette, an icon set and buttons that those developers are using too. So they're using instances of the exact same thing. And what that means is if you imagine the first world, how much time is wasted making subjective decisions about the same question over and over. And then what does that mean for the user? When they go across those different flows, everything's a little bit different and they have to kind of relearn what they're doing. If you think about the second example, a user learns what a button looks and feels like once and feels familiar through the rest of the site. And also it's, it's quicker to build. Was that high level enough? Yeah, I think that's that's that. a really, really great example. And also, uh, I feel resonate because uh, uh, in my previous experience, there are quite similar uh, scenario. Like, for example, if I'm uh, as a designer doing a quickly a quick mock-up for some project, mm -hmm. and if there's not available accountable resource, uh, I didn't have the chance to get any like uh the logos or the colors or from somewhere probably i would just pick up uh pick up the logo yeah. from the website uh, copy and paste and yeah and yeah. yeah yeah so this is i think it's just like if you don't pro propel the proper tool or the proper uh, material um, people will try their own way to get something and it's not something you want, or it's not something like um, countable, but uh, it's mm. just a self-invented ways to, to make it work. But it's not, uh, in general, it feels not the con the consistency. And um, uh, yeah, it's not, the quality is not the same. And also like yeah. uh, another another thing while you're, think, uh, you're, uh, you're giving the example, I'm also thinking about it, a Chinese uh, um, story or Chinese saying, uh, the blind man and elephant. So it feels like uh, uh, if a blind man, uh, a, a group of blind men, they are uh, they just try to figure out how an elephant looks 
and just touch different parts of the iPhone and if it's on air uh, on uh, air or on a nose so it's they they just have different conclusion like an elephant yeah. should look like this but actually it's uh, the whole picture is 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 not like that That's really so it's yeah, different different parts so i think i just came mm. to that in my mind yeah and that's I think that's a great example, like you mentioned. Mm. Uh, people will figure mm. out by their own, and if you you have a um, like a universal, like one single truth resource, so they can they can use uh, to to uh, uh, as a as a uh, as a universal tool or as a universal language. So everyone will. Um, share the same thing and talk the same thing and that's the uh if it's can if everyone can use that um it's definitely can improve the performance and uh, the workflow and yeah mm. so, so that that's a yeah, that's yeah. example mm. yeah yeah likewise i think you know there's a couple of things i would like to add is that it's about in my opinion it's about getting the common things right and the common things shared. I think it's really important for designers to select their creativity, you know what I mean? And really solve problems that are not constrained inside this, this little box of set rules, but those should be the things that are, are unique to a particular experience, you know what I mean? Or, or unique to a particular yeah. customer. It's really important to be creative and, and I don't think the system should ever cover a hundred percent of a product you know 80 maybe but um it's about getting to the point where it makes sense for the designers to really flex that creativity quickly and the system gets them there quickly I think. um yeah and so with that was the one thing i didn't add to that example which would be remit of me not to mention from it um the, the system is not just a pattern library right there's, there's there's guidance and there's support and there's process and there's um you know that that cross discipline, cross platform kind of nature too. Yeah, yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, one last question, because I don't want yeah, to take sure. your, your your whole afternoon for this. Uh, one last <laughs> no, question. I'm enjoying it. Great, <laughs> that's yeah. Good. yeah, that's great to know. Phew. <laughs> and, yeah, I could so, do this for Relax. Yeah. So, um, could you recommend? A some resources like uh, books or podcasts or websites if you want uh, if anyone want to improve um, their design skills in general maybe or if they want to improve their um, uh, design system design skills uh, is there any resource mm. you can re recommend yeah definitely um, one book I saw come up on my Suggestion recently is one I read a long time ago that I found really impactful, which was the di design of everyday things. Um, mm. What's his name? Don Norman. Don Norman. I think. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah. That's that's a fantastic read. Just about how we think about building simplicity and or complexity, you know, into our experiences. Yeah. Um, mm. Don't make me think. Is yeah. another? Classic one. Um, is that Steve Krug? These are for sort of UX design generally. Yeah. Um, for systems, there's a lot of 
great folks out there. I think, obviously, Brad Frost, if you're getting started, the book Atomic Design is a sort of cornerstone of design systems to an extent, I suppose. Yeah. Um, I'll maybe send you a bunch of links for the show notes, but um, yeah, that's what you're Marcotte, Responsive Design is a classic. Um, but generally, I reckon find products or designers or engineers, just people that yeah. you like and whose work you admire and track down what they're writing, track down what they're mm. tweeting. Um, that's a great way to hear humans' opinions on things that are happening today. You know what I mean? If you follow someone you yeah. admire on Twitter, um, yeah, and, yeah, you yeah. Know, everyone, everyone's writing stuff in Medium and, um, you know, track down a podcast with someone that, that, um, as good as you bear and they'll have a bunch of awesome guests to list too. Design details is a good one. Um, the list goes on. Um, and just one moment. I've got something which hopefully you can chop this out, but um, products will have, products you enjoy will often have like a dot design website. Mm -hmm. um, or a or a medium podcast. Uh, sorry, a medium publication. Uh, and Zero has a medium publication, um, which sorry, I hope you can edit this out as I remind myself what it is. Um, humans is zero. Oh. Um, so a lot of our designers have have written um, some really insightful. Mm. Articles in there, be it about you know some UX testing we did on the system, or um, working with product teams uh, to research to working remotely. Yeah, I think you you mentioned that trap down the people you you like or the product you like about uh, uh, what they say about product design. That's a great tip because uh, reading classics are uh, a great way uh, is a great way. Mm. Uh, books and other other um uh, other classics or taking taking uh, online course or yeah mm -hmm. learn that formally but yeah at this stage like everything just happens so fast and keep yeah. changing a lot and also um, um it's good to to learn something systematically like uh from the uh from the basic from the fu fundamental mm -hmm. level and uh, totally agreeing like uh design of everyday things yeah don't make me think these great books are really helpful. Uh, yeah. take some uh, uh, take some proper time to read it, but also keep yeah. the keep the pace uh, with the with the um, with the trend. That's also quite quite yeah. necessary. And uh, small steps that will be uh, very helpful. Like uh, follow some great designers tweet Twitter or yeah podcast yeah medium articles mm -hmm. yeah that's that's yeah. all the great great way we can we can learn yeah thanks thanks that that's a great um a lot of insights from you uh, lots of insights and really appreciate that is there anything you want to mention or anything uh you want to share before we close this yeah thank you um i just want to say that um zero is always hiring um so if you're looking to get into UX design or, you know, um, 
move into systems or anything like that, be sure to check out um, our careers on LinkedIn. Um, and for grads, we have grad programs in, in Australia and New Zealand. Um, and we're working on a zero dot design site soon, so keep your eyes peeled for that. But um, aside from that, just want to say thanks for having me there. This has been really fun, and um, I hope we can do it again sometime. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this one as I am. If you want to learn more, please check the show note at our website, podcast.bear.academy. If you are listening via Apple Podcasts, please leave a comment for it so there will be more people can find this show. If you feel like to share your story or to be the guest, please check the site for details. Bear Academy is a self-learning program providing courses on design, productivity, and career. If you are interested in start a design career, please check bear.academy for the free course and other useful info. Bear Academy Podcasts is my second podcast, and my first one, Bear Talk, started from 2012, which was Apple's Editor's Choice Award winner in 2013. It is also recommended by many Westerners as the best non-language learning podcast for Chinese learners. If you can speak Mandarin or unlearning Mandarin, you should have a try. Check beartalking.com for details. This is Bear Academy Podcast, a podcast about design, productivity, and technology. I'm Bear. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you soon in the next one. 再见。